Today, we'll also light the pink candle. It reminds us of our joy in Christ in the middle of this season of preparation and repentance. We light these candles as a sign of the coming light of Christ. Advent means waiting. We are preparing for the full coming of God's kingdom. Isaiah 2 verse 4 tells us, The nation shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah 11 verse 6 tells us, The wolf shall live with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah 35 verse 2 tells us, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Welcome to Worship Creston Church. We've been praying for you as you gather for worship in all your different watching and listening places. We pray that each one of you will have an encounter with our living God. The good news for us today is that the living God is right here in this place and he's right there wherever you are in each of your many different watching and listening places. If this is the first time that you've joined us for worship, welcome. You can find out more about our church by visiting our website, crestonchurch.org. Feel free to send us an email if you'd like us to get in touch with you. Today is the third Sunday of Advent, which means waiting. While we remember Israel's waiting and hoping, and we give thanks for Christ's birth, we also anticipate his second coming at the end of time. For this reason, Advent began centuries ago as a penitential season, a time for discipline and intentional repentance in the confident expectation and hope of Christ's coming again. You can find the order of worship in today's email. It contains everything you need to participate fully in our worship service, including responsive readings and singing. So be bold. Speak out loud and join in on the songs. Even though we're in our separate places, God recognizes our corporate worship that we all to bring, all together, offer and bring to him. Now as we continue our worship, I invite you to stand in body or in spirit 
perhaps to stretch out your hands as a visible sign of receiving God's greeting right along with everyone else. As we journey through this season of Advent, may the love of God the Father, the grace of Jesus Christ his Son, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all. Amen. Please join me for our morning prayer. God of timeless grace, you fill us with joyful expectation. Make us ready for the message that prepares the way, that with uprightness of heart and holy joy, we may eagerly await the kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ, who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen. Join me in a prayer of confession. God of grace and truth, long ago your prophets told of your promises of restoration and salvation. We confess that we have not believed your promise, that we have preferred brokenness to restoration and have lingered with disease rather than welcomed salvation. We have remained steadfast in the ease of the status quo, not wanting to face the hard work of repentance and change. Forgive our stiff necks and renew our strength so that we may receive the fullness of your promise and live into that joy. Amen. On this, the third Sunday of Advent, let us share in Mary's song in the words of her Magnificat. Please read along with me. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. 
for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. In this weary world, may we remember the peace provided for our souls. In this coming week, may we remember the transforming power of God's love and grace. Worship also includes our offering. As we've been just reminded once again of God's grace toward us, our best response is to offer our entire lives back to him. Offering money is just one very important way that we may do that. During these times of being apart from one another, you may give your gifts using the postal system or our online giving process, making sure to clearly designate which causes you'd like your offering to be shared with. The deacons are pleased to acknowledge your faithful and continued giving to Creston Church. They encourage you to also consider our special offerings that are listed in the Friday email. Today's special offering is for Safe Haven Ministries. Following Christ's example and motivated by our community needs, their mission is to prevent and end relationship abuse. Our weekly offering is for the other ministries of our church and our denomination. What God has called us to do as a church in this neighborhood and city and what God has called us to do as a denomination all around the world. As we come nearer to the end of the year, please consider completing your annual financial commitments to the ministry of Creston Church. Our total budget is almost $177,000. So far, God has enabled you to provide over $119,000. May God bless you in your giving. Please remember to check the Friday email. It contains lots of information for you about our church family and the ongoing ministries of Creston Church. Here are some items from the most recent edition. Notes from the December meeting of Creston's Council, an update from the Pastor Search Committee, an all-congregation Advent activity to decorate fabric stones like this one that'll someday go on a big banner. You may pick up fabric stones and instructions from a container on the porch of the Ministry Center. And if you need to have a fabric stone delivered to you, please contact the church office. 
There are details about the Nativity Trail this afternoon on the Friday email. For today, December 13, including an option for you to reserve a time slot. There's information about an on online access to at-home Advent kits for kids, as well as kids at heart. The various activities and resources for our children and youth, a virtual Creston Christmas Choir, a wish list from Safe Haven Ministries, and some online Advent worship opportunities from Calvin University. God bless you for making use of the many special ways for you to serve God and our communities, as well as to safely enjoy fellowship with small groups of God's people. Always feel free to share any prayer concerns with us so that we may hold one another up in our prayers to God. I'd like to share the prayer concerns that we have received. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. Don Chapel is home and seems to be completely recovered from COVID. He's happy that he and Beverly can spend some time together again. Praise the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. If we're willing to pay attention, we can see God at work in many ways. Be sure to share a God story by sending an email or creating a video of your special God story experiences. Be blessed while listening and watching to this God story. When I think about um, preparing for Christmas and preparing for Jesus coming again, I think about um, how much I need those still quiet times, how much I need those um, quiet times with God. So when I thought about what I wanted to write and decorate my fabric stone with as kind of a reminder to me of um, ways that I prepare, prepare myself during the Advent season, but ways that I prepare myself all the time to, um, to be ready for when Jesus comes again, <clears throat> I decided to write um, the words of a song that I feel like we're all really familiar with. Um, I decided to write, Be Still and Know That I Am God. And it made me think about um, the words in Psalm 23 as well, of being led to calm waters. Um, so I decided to write with blue and um, kind of add a little stream to the bottom too. Um, it just made me think of cool waters and a quiet place. Um, and how much that's needed um, for me, especially as I prepare. Please join me in our prayers of the people. Lord Jesus Christ, the light of your love shines on, illuminating the places where you are present. As the bewildered disciples pondered the stories of your appearance, you penetrated the darkness of their fear and doubt with your word of peace. 
You showed them the appalling marks of evil pierced on your hands and feet. You opened their minds to understand why you had to die to defeat such evil and death. Increase our understanding, we pray, and open our minds and hearts to receive you. Bring to us, O God, the sense of your living presence as we go into this new week. Renew in us the faith you want us to have, the faith that is not afraid to reach out in your name and to share the treasure you have given us, that treasure which is greater than silver and gold. Lord, you know our hearts, you know our needs, and you know the hearts of those around us and their needs. We lift ourselves and them before you at this time. Lord, we especially hold before you today Don Chapel and give thanks for his recovery from COVID-19. Finally, O oh Lord, we ask that you would bless us here at Creston Church with vision for the future and reverence for the past. Guide us each day as we minister to one another and to the world for which you gave yourself. Help us each day to bear witness to your name and to do that which you would have us to do. We ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our children have the opportunity every week to join in on their own regular video time of children's worship. Let's share this blessing from God with each other all together including our kids. The Lord be with you and also with you. It is our privilege today to gather around God's word as we do every time we come for worship. Today we're going to be reading from the book of Luke in the New Testament. I know some of you kids are in the process of learning some of the orders of the books of the Bible. So in the New Testament, you can say it right along with me, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. So if you can find the book of Luke and turn to chapter 24, Luke 24. And when we read in just a moment, we're going to begin reading at verse 36, verse 36 of Luke chapter 24. Please join me in prayer. God of the universe, revealed to us in Holy Scripture through the writings of the prophets and the preaching of John the Baptist, you have called us to prepare our hearts for your visitation. Ready us now to hear your word and to respond as faithful servants to the glory of Christ. Amen. Luke 24, beginning to read at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, 
Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. During the autumn of every year, new cars for the upcoming year are revealed. In the months and even years leading up to those revealings, little hints are shared about what features are being updated or introduced. And those hints keep car enthusiasts curious and eager for the actual presentations at car shows and new car lots. As we wait for the new models to be revealed, we're hopeful that those new cars are going to have the best designs and innovations than have ever been seen before. Throughout the centuries of Israel's Old Testament history, a similar sense of anticipation has filled the minds and hearts of God's people. It's often been difficult for the Israelites to be faithful to their God, and they've suffered because of it. The disciples are living in the middle of a very fearful time. The nation of Israel is firmly in the grip of occupation by the Roman Empire. These past few years have given them some sort of hope, despite that Roman oppression. For the past three years, they've been following this rabbi named Jesus, who called them together, a motley group of followers, to teach them, and who has done amazing miracles. Could he be the leader? to rescue them from Rome? But their hopes have been dashed just three days ago. The Jewish leaders decided that Jesus was guilty of blasphemy, and they convinced Pilate to allow the Romans to nail their beloved teacher Jesus on a cross and crucify him. His followers fear for their very lives now and they've been huddled all together in the upper room for the past three days, full of grief. It's Sunday night, and it seems that something very strange happened earlier this morning. Some women saw angels at the tomb who told them that Jesus had risen. Even Peter had looked into that empty tomb but he couldn't make any sense of what he had seen or of what had happened. These friends of Jesus are doing their very best to say, stay calm and to reassure one another when two of their friends knock on the door. They share a fantastical story. 
It's true, they said, the Lord has risen. We've just had a long walk with him. And then he joined us for supper. You can imagine the reactions of disbelief, more fear, along with the smallest glimmer of hesitant curiosity right in the middle of their grief. You've got to be kidding. Get inside here so no one else knows you're here. We don't need any more trouble. Now, tell us everything. Their hearts are racing. Their minds are full of questions. What if the Romans get wind of this story? What if? What if? This would seem like it would be more than enough excitement for one evening. However, right in the middle of their group suddenly, there stands Jesus. He says, peace be with you. Yeah, right. They're scared to death. They must be seeing a ghost. But Jesus asks, why are you afraid? Why do you doubt that it's me? In that moment, they're paralyzed with fear and full of questions. It just can't be that their leader and friend is right here in the middle of the room with them. Their minds and their hearts must be playing tricks on them. This is impossible. Fear. Doubts. Troubled minds. And disbelief about Jesus. We're not strangers to any of them either. In all honesty, there are days when we truly wonder what in the world he's up to. Is he really who he says he is? That Bible is such a big book. How in the world are we supposed to make sense of it all? And there's more. We've got this frightful pandemic going on. We're concerned for friends and loved ones who have been ill. Some of us know people who have died from the virus. What's Jesus doing in the midst of all of this? Our own lives are turned upside down too. Our kids have all sorts of challenges in their various school settings. We are limited in our comings and goings. Some of us are experiencing financial difficulties. We're fearful about how we'll be able to keep on carrying on for the next number of months. There are so many other things that make us wonder, doubt, and fear about how, God, how Jesus fits into our lives as well. Things like relationship troubles, grief, various kinds of illnesses, racism evils, national unrest, and facing the dreariness of another upcoming winter. If, as the saying goes, Jesus is the answer, sometimes we wonder just how that works. Just who is he? What are we supposed to believe about him? What is his story, and how does it impact us? Even though we live in a completely different world, 2,000 years later than these friends of Jesus, our basic doubts and fears are not all that different from theirs. Just watch Jesus gently care for his troubled friends. 
he doesn't berate them for being afraid and for doubting. We thought about this this past Eastertide when Jesus gave the same gentle guidance to Thomas. At the same time that Jesus asked them about their fear and their doubt, he begins to slowly reveal the reality of his presence with them. No, he's not a ghost. When they reach out their hands to touch him, they realize that his body is real. Jesus is touchable, and he has a face and hands and feet and skin and bones. Ghosts don't have any of those things. A little bit more of their fear and doubt ebbs away. Can this really be Jesus, they wonder? As they stand there, filled with astonishment, Jesus eats a piece of fish. Ghosts don't eat either. Maybe, just maybe, this really is their beloved rabbi in the flesh. They can see him, they can touch him, and he eats. Jesus gradually reveals his physical, true reality of his presence with them. He understands how to gently help them get rid of their grief-filled fear and doubt. Then he asks them to remember. Remember that I told you all about my connection to the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Do you remember that? When Moses said in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers, you must listen to him. Moses was talking about me. Isaiah was talking about me in Isaiah 53, verse 10 and 11, when he prophesied, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. King David wrote about me too in Psalm 16 when he wrote, Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You've made known to me the path of life you fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Right then, Jesus helps his disciples to clear away the fear and the doubt, and he reminds them of the things that he has already revealed to them. In verse 45, here comes another reveal. Right there on that Easter Sunday night, Jesus opens their minds. There's no USB plug, no flash drive in this opening of their minds. Jesus somehow miraculously opens their mind to in understand their entire 
Old Testament scriptures. Fishermen, a tax collector, women, and the rest of his disciples suddenly grasp the connection between the many Old Testament scrolls and this man who is standing right there with them. In this mind-opening process, Jesus even quotes himself from an earlier conversation that he had with them. Everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be handed over to the Gentiles, and he will be mocked and insulted and spat upon. And after they've flogged him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. But as Luke records in chapter 18, verse 34, they understood nothing about all these things. In fact, what he said was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. But now, on Easter Sunday evening, as Jesus opens their mind, they grasp it now. Not only does Jesus explain his role in fulfilling the Old Testament, but he also explains the disciples' role. They are going to be witnesses. Everywhere they go, God will empower them with the Holy Spirit to preach repentance and forgiveness that is accomplished by the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One. Jesus tells them that they're going to be doing this all around the world. They will travel, they will preach, and they will write. In just a short time, that Sunday evening, and continuing on for just 40 more days, Jesus accomplishes the big reveal to his disciples. In just a month and a half, these followers now fully understand the message and purpose of their rabbi Jesus. He is the one that the Old Testament predicted. He is the promised anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. Jesus continues to work out his big reveal by opening our hearts and our minds today, but in much slower ways. I went to seminary for three and a half years, plus years of undergrad schooling, and still I am learning. Jesus' big reveal to his disciples took place during the time frame of just an evening and continued over the course of 40 days. But now we are in the possession of the writings of those apostles. Now the Holy Spirit lives in us, and now we are his empowered witnesses. God, by his Holy Spirit, continues to open our minds by helping us as we learn, as we listen, as we read, as we study, as we pay attention and connect the dots of his message of repentance and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. It's God's ongoing, lifelong project for each one of us. God's big reveal also prompts us to witness, to participate in preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. Right now, in the middle of things like a pandemic, relationship troubles, grief, various kinds of illness, racism troubles, national unrest, and facing the dreariness of an upcoming winter, God 
is using us to prepare the way for his coming. Every single day, even in the middle of our messes, we give witness to and we share the message of God's big reveal of repentance and forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. God uses the way we interact, react, and respond to our struggles to expand the preparation for the coming of our Lord. Today, on this third Sunday of Advent, we join our lives and voices to that calling out voice of Isaiah 40, verse 3. Prepare the way for the Lord. Now that we have received the complete big reveal of God's message, we can use our voices to proclaim together that in Christ alone our hope is found. God's message is now our message to share every day and everywhere. Amen. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, the light of your love shines on, illuminating the places where you are present. As the bewildered disciples pondered the stories of your appearance, you penetrated the darkness of their fear and doubt with your word of peace. You showed them the appalling marks of evil pierced on your hands and feet. You opened their minds to understand why you had to die to defeat such evil and death. Increase our understanding, we pray, and open our minds and hearts to receive you, Lord. Continue to speak your word of peace to us and let your love shine on any dark areas in our lives. May this worship which we offer in your name be a worthy response to your love and sacrifice for us. And may you bless our part as we prepare the way for your coming. Amen.
accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. And now, my friends, I invite you to prepare to hear God's words of blessing as we conclude our worship today. Stand in body or in spirit, perhaps sit up a little straighter in your chair, perhaps stretch out your hands and receive God's parting blessing. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. Amen. <music>